0: Six top tips to translate your site much more effectively for SEO, with Julia Carolyn Zeng. In Search SEO Podcast is brought to you by Rank Ranger, the all-in-one SEO platform that helps scale your business through data and analytics. Hey, it's David. Have you ever managed an international site yet failed to drive as much traffic and convert as many sales abroad as you do in your own country? That's the challenge that we're looking at in episode 97 of the InSearch SEO podcast, with a lady whose educational background is in linguistics and cultural anthropology. She can communicate in French, Spanish and Italian, in addition to her mother tongue, German. And she's worked as a freelance SEO consultant for the past three years. A warm welcome, Julia Karlin-Zeng.
1: Hi, David. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, Julia, thanks so much for coming on. Well, you can find Julia over at charlieonthemove.com. So first question, Julia, who is Charlie?
1: So Charlie is a little monkey that travels the world. Um, Unfortunately, I don't have Charlie with me right now because it's somewhere hidden uh, in my backpack. Um, But yeah, it's a little monkey that I use for branding for my travel blog. And it's just a lot easier to take a picture of a cute stuffed animal in front of the Eiffel Tower than trying to make a weird selfie and <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's cool. Okay. Uh,
0: nice way to do it. Uh, well, mm-hmm. Today we're talking about effective site translation for SEO. So is it not enough just to leave it to automated translations nowadays? No. <laughs> just to <laughs>
1: spoiler alert, no. <laughs> the the thing is automated translations might work in one case but not in the other. And especially if your topic gets um, a bit more technical, automated translations um, just don't know the words. And I've seen it, somebody using automated translations and suddenly it was completely the wrong term in the other language. Um, I worked, for example, in the crypto industry for an affiliate uh, marketer. And we translated these crypto terms into German, which is my native language. So I'm, I'm very passionate about these translations when I read it. And we suddenly had like the mining rig that was translated with oil rig.
0: Wow, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and you wonder why you don't get any conversions.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's, it's also you're, you're losing all credibility and authority. Like people read this and they're like, what are these people talking about? This is just rubbish. And they click away. They don't even go any further on your website. Like this, this is how I behave if I see a really bad translation. And that's that's why automated translations quite often don't work. You can use them as like an assisted translation. So use the automated translation to save a bit of time, but then still have a human being review it, make changes, make adjustments to see how it works. Um, Another example that I've seen once while I was traveling in Italy, um, there's uh, the word for peach is the same word as fish in Italian. And I stood in front of one of these machines where you can get uh, drinks in cans, And I thought, who's gonna buy a fish iced tea, really? (laughs) So, (laughs) these are just um, some examples where you see how automated translation can go horribly wrong.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I like your uh, thought that you can maybe start with automated, but you absolutely have to keep on going. I mean, I I really like the tool otter.ai at the moment. I mean, I've tested quite a few different automated translations and I find that that's reasonably accurate to begin with, but you, you have to absolutely go in there and manually edit it afterwards.
1: Yeah. Exactly. That's the point I'm trying to make.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So today you're sharing your top tips, your your top six Mm -hmm. uh, tips, in fact, um, of translating your site much more effectively for SEO. So starting off with having an in-market expert at hand.
1: So this is really important. And I see that for myself because I'm usually based in London and I'm not like right now traveling. And um, I also... Um, do translations occasionally into German, um, but then, especially when it comes to more recent topics, um, like all the, the lockdown-related things, I realize, oh my God, I don't even know how people really talk about this in everyday life, because I'm not there. I don't know if they use the English word for home office, or if they have come up with a good German word to do it takes a bit of research to find yeah. out. You, you can find out, but you need to first realize that there is something to find out. And you don't know what you don't know. So that's why it's important to work with translators that are actually in the market, in everyday life, and know the, the current language. And not the language that was in use 10 or 15 years ago when the person still lived there.
0: So that's having an in-market expert at hand. And your number two tip is to know your market.
1: Yeah. So they, they kind of go hand in hand. Um, with the know your market, there comes a bit more like, for example, um, I also did a lot of SEO in the online gambling industry and yeah, in crypto. And there, one example is, for example, payment methods. Whereas in, in the English speaking markets, everybody is on credit cards. Um, what, what else was it? Um, whereas in Germany, bank transfer is still a widely used payment method, also for, for mm. online payments. <laughs> and then you see on the English website, there's not even a page for wire transfer. Whereas you say, well, Germans, um, they, they need this as a payment method, because that's what they're yeah. familiar with. There might be things like, um, what was it that we had a lot um, when I was working in the online gambling industry? Paysafe cards. So that's basically like a little card that you buy at a gas stop that you charge with like 20 pounds or euros in that case. And then you can use it to make an online payment. And these things, um, they they come up often and you need to know what your audience is familiar with. Another example, I've recently had it whilst I was traveling and I was on one of these um, tours for people where they take you to the mountains and show you nice places. And there were two other Germans with me in that bus. They tried to book the next tour. And whilst they went on the website, the only option they had for payment was credit card. But uh, also something people quite often don't know, in Germany, it is not normal to have a credit card. Whereas in the UK, we have the debit cards that also have the 16-digit number that you can use for online payments. But in Germany, that is not common so they really sat in front of this website, and they're like, well, I have no way to pay for this now. How can I book this, this experience? So these are things, um, especially if you're targeting people in another market, you just need to know what you need to provide to them. Um, another example that I recently had is I worked with a tech company that were providing software for educational purposes. And when we started translating this into German, I was like, look, for Germany, it might not work as well as it works for other European markets, because teachers have um, a given set of tools that they should use, and they're just not willing in Germany to invest money out of their own pocket to pay for an additional software. Mm -hmm. So, they're, they're already, it starts with like, is this market really that valuable? So it goes way beyond SEO. There are lots of considerations to make before you even start about, uh, start to think about translating a website.
0: Absolutely. Or even your business proposition as a whole, because the last example that you gave, perhaps that means you change your model in that country to target maybe the schools as your customers instead of the teachers themselves. Exactly. Uh, and another little example that I was thinking of as well is um, direct debit um, is something that's really mm-hmm. common in the UK, but not many other yeah. countries necessarily know that or yeah. call it the same thing. In, in the states, it's automatic yeah. transfer or authorized withdrawal, autopay. There's there's lots of different terminology, and you're not going to know yeah. that by yeah. directly translating things. Exactly. So your number two, uh, number three tip is get the right budget for translations.
1: So that that kind of also. Uh, touches back on the point of automated translations. Um, There's, in general, a bit of a misconception in SEO, also when it comes to original content creation, how much budget is needed to write good content. And that is no different for translations. If you pay cheap, you get cheap. So it's really important to um, evaluate the budget for the market because translators, for example, into Norwegian are way more expensive than translators for Spanish, for example. German is somewhere in the middle. Also, French is somewhere in the middle. Um, but that's, that's the first thing to know, how much does a good translator cost for that language? And then how do you find a good translator? With which budget do you go in? Um, what I noticed, especially when you try and find um, translators on platforms like Upwork, there are lots of people, lots of people providing really cheap services, but then you also get usually bad quality. Like I've I've seen it with a client of mine who had very little content budget. They said, well, what this translator delivered is no better than a machine translation. We could have done that ourselves. Mm. And I had to do so much editing afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that, that also then happens if you just hire somebody that appears to be cheap. Um, they use a machine translation, you get bad quality. Um, so this is really important for each market. So also the budgets shouldn't be the same depending on which market you target. And then um, my main recommendation is if you have a lower budget, then rather translate less content, then try and get it all translated quickly and it's all bad quality. So again, the, the same rule as for everything, quality over quantity.
0: So if you're going to a site like Upwork and you don't mm-hmm. speak the language that you're trying to get the work mm-hmm. done in how do you judge the potential <laughs> quality of candidates is it just as easy as looking at reviews or is there another way to do it
1: um so the the reviews in Upwork I would not trust them because quite often it is um also okay I want to be nice to this person I give them a good rating here yeah? um mm-hmm. so these reviews is like with, with any review in the world they're not hundred percent uh truthful. Um, what I've done, for example, um, like a year ago, I needed translators for Japanese, which is a language I don't speak at all. I can't even read it. So I was like, okay, I don't know what they're providing here. It looks all like pictures to me. But what I've done is um, I've reviewed first all the applications um, in detail and also there you see already a big um, difference in quality what they send to you. And then I picked the the three that seemed to be the the, the, the best based on their um, experience and what they had sent in their application. I gave them each um, one article to translate, a different one, and then I had them proofread each other's work. And <laughs> what I what I basically told them, well, I want to see your translation and your proofreading skills. They, they might have suspected that they proofread the work of somebody else in the test. Um, but it, it gave me a pretty good idea of how everybody is doing it. And, um, I've asked them to leave the, um, track changes on in Word. So you, I could see exactly what has been changed, which comments they make. Um, are they active? Are they thinking about what they're doing? Like I had some then that even made suggestions for internal links. Some others that even have done like a little keyword research for their market and provided, oh, hey, these are the keywords I would suggest. And by doing that, I even found one translator that I then trained to be uh, an SEO consultant for mm-hmm. like on-page optimizations. I couldn't teach her all the technical things, but she actually became then um, the, the go-to SEO consultant for that market and that team. So that, that worked pretty well to have to proofread each other's work and you, you get a good impression.
0: I think that's a wonderful tip. I mean, I've, I've employed people in Upwork before and I've, I've I've done something in a similar manner to what you've suggested and I've taken maybe three or four people um, and I've actually paid them a little bit to produce a little bit of test work each um, and then decided upon people from that. But I think you've taken it a step further there by the Proving, um, proofing of each other's work. That's that's a wonderful <laughs> tip. And I'm thinking if I can use that in other scenarios, perhaps. Yeah.
1: yeah. And and of course, that was all paid work. So um, that was, okay. yeah, a good point. Yeah, that that's, that's, a, that's
0: one other question I was thinking of whether or not to ask you and that, you know, would you yeah. advise um, paying people for test work? But it's kind of not within the parameters of what we're discussing at the yeah. moment. Um, shall, shall we move on to your tip number four, which is uh, don't just yeah. translate, localize.
1: Yes, So that again, um, comes back a bit to this know your market. Um, if you're just translating, you might miss, um, certain, certain things. And, um, localizing means that you're not, um, just translating. For example, if we talk about, um, again, the education system in different countries, you, you need to know how is it actually. Um, how many years do people go to school? When do they make a decision? Do I want to get my A-levels? Do I want to do my GCSEs? What are these terms? How are they called? And there's, for example, already differences in, in the German-speaking markets. Like, for example, in German, we use the word abitur for A-levels. In Switzerland and Austria, they call it matura. So they use a completely different word within the same um. Language speaking community, let's say. And, and these are things you need to know, um, that you need to kind of then tweak the content a bit. Maybe sometimes it is not enough to just replace one word with another, but you might need to add an additional sentence to, to explain what are you talking about here. And then this thing with like colleges, for example, in the US, we, we don't really have the same equivalent. In Germany, you come out of uni and you, you uh, out of um, high school and you go directly to uni. And these things, um, you just need to know this. And the same with like the payment methods again. how, how is it called? Or if we talk about legal processes, um, for example, know your customer is one of these things that we had to do a lot um, in, in online gambling and also like in the crypto industry. It is very common. And then in Germany, you you need to know people generally have an ID card that they can send as a proof of ID. Whereas in the UK, that's not so common. You either ask for a passport or a driver's license. And all these things, they might need to be tweaked for the other market. So when you list the requirements, which documents they can send, you ask, okay, which documents do they actually have in that market? What can you ask of them? And these these little things you need to know and then, yeah, localize to make it attractive for that market. So, in the end, the rule is somebody reading that translation should not notice that it was translated from another language. It should read like it has been written.
0: And number five, brief translators correctly.
1: That is also something I notice quite often when somebody asks me to translate something into German. And then I ask them, okay, do you want it uh, the formal Or the informal way of addressing the reader. And then I was like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. Because in English, you don't have that. Everybody is you, and you use their first name. Whereas in German and also in French and in Spanish, you have two different forms of you. One is the very personal one, somebody you you know that you would call by their first name. And the other one is more formal, as you, you address them by their last name, for example, And you need to make a decision how you want your website to to be written. How do you want to address your readers? So that comes down to who is the target audience? Um, What type of product are we actually trying to sell? So for example, I worked with a company in electrical engineering and they had translated some of the old content with the formal way, others with the informal way and was like, oh my God, this is such a big mess here. Mm. And we need to make a decision, and we said, okay, it's electrical engineering, it's a highly specialized topic, you have a very distinct target audience, and I think we should definitely go the formal way here to come across as professional in the other markets. And this then, again, comes also down to those machine translations. The machine doesn't know. You can't tell the machine that you should be translated with one or the other. That's Mm -hmm. also where the discrepancies came from in the past on that website. And these are things you need to tell your translator. And you need to tell them before they start working. It's not just one word that you have to replace. With that different form comes a different conjugation of the verbs, maybe even sometimes a different sentence structure. So if you have to then re-edit your translation, you might have to rewrite whole sentences. So there's a lot of work afterwards if the translator has not been briefed correctly.
0: A lot of great points there. A lot of things to think about. Um, it also made me think about the difference between British English and American English as well. Yeah, and uh, yeah. it's, it's a significant difference and there's yeah. different phraseology involved there as well.
1: Exactly. And then again, that comes also down then to localization. Do I write this for an American audience? Do I write this for an English-British uh, audience? How do we mm-hmm. write certain things? Which words do we use? We could have probably found some some better examples there. Um, to give for this localization. And yeah, that's what this is about.
0: Uh, Your last point was find the right translator. Was that partly covered in what we were discussing in terms of um, getting translators to proof each other's work?
1: Yeah, exactly. That that already (laughs) comes. (laughs) And then um, I I mean that also one thing that we have not mentioned yet um, is if the topic requires a specialist translator, you should get a specialist. So, for example, um, I worked on a big cybersecurity website where I said, okay, um, I need a translator here who actually understands cybersecurity and IT and these things. You cannot just take someone. Also, because in that industry, a lot of, lots of markets actually use English terms. So, certain mm-hmm. things should not be translated. So, you need an expert. Um, I guess the classic example would be medical or legal translation. You definitely need somebody who has a background in that field, not just a background in translation, to to get it correct.
0: Absolutely. And and there are many languages that use certain words in English. So Certainly Scandinavian countries, don't they? They they, they use certain English words to describe things, even though a Swedish word might exist, for example.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that that also then comes back to understanding that culture, understanding that market, for example, also in, in Germany we are a lot more open to using English words and take them over into our language. Whereas in France, that there are even laws that say, no, no, words need to be proper French. Like there are these um, purist tendencies in language. Spanish and Italian, they're a bit more relaxed than France, but still they, they have the tendency to create an own word in their own language for new concepts instead of taking over an English word.
0: Oh, well, this is a conversation that I can continue having for a long, long time, and I'm sure yeah. you certainly can as well. Perhaps we'll have to do it in a future episode. But let's uh, finish off with the Pareto Pickle. So Pareto says that you can get 80% of your results from 20% of your efforts. So what's one SEO activity you'd recommend that provides incredible results for modest levels of effort?
1: So again, that comes down to briefing writers or translators. So also when something gets written in English and is supposed to be published in English. If you get the brief right and tell the right of what you actually want, so like, I want a how-to article or I want 10 tips here and I want this and that internal link in that piece of content to another piece of content here on the website, it saves you a lot of time later, um, a lot of editing that you don't have to do afterwards. And it doesn't take that much time once you have your template for a content brief, you know what to fill in, what to brief them on. And of course, once you've worked for a bit longer with one writer, um, it takes less and less time. But it saves you so much more time down the line.
0: Great um, great tip. And it uh, reminds me of a quote uh, from Abraham Lincoln um, when asked about um, how he'd go about um, chopping down a tree. Um, he'd spend, um, if he was given six hours, he'd spend the first four hours sharpening the saw or sharpening the axe. <laughs> and uh, it's a good way to prepare, you know, <laughs> prepare a little bit more, <laughs> brief your writers a little bit more. Exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm not saying give your writers the axe, actually give your writers a, a better brief. I've been your host, David Bain. You can find Julia Carlin saying over at charlieonthemove.com. Julia, thanks so much for being on the In Search SEO podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And thank you for listening. Check out all the previous episodes and sign up for a free trial of the Rank Ranger platform over at RankRanger.com